spot, put it in park, here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deeper here, coming to you live with episode 36 of the Free Parking Podcast, alongside my co-host, Bush. What is up, Deves? Looks like you got a uh, another stranger there in the uh, in the background. Yeah, we picked up a wander uh, down here in the, in the Free Parking Tampa office. Uh, we got Hammonds this week, live in person in sunny Florida. Um, episode 36, dude, the bus. Jerome Bettis episode. I was waiting to say that. Mm, I didn't even think 40. of that. Mojo. Brian Westbrook episode. Oh, okay. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Yep. Hey. So, Bush, before we get started, a couple big announcements, a couple big housekeeping things, administrative things. First off, new hire. New, new guy in the crew. And that is uh, Joe LaCava. Joe LaCava came to us uh, a couple weeks ago uh, wanting to bring a writing component to Free Parking Podcast. The guy's an absolute comedic genius. He's beyond hilarious and also pretty good at, at writing some detailed NFL MLB breakdown stories. We got one live right now on freeparkingpodcast.com slash blog. Um, and check out for Joe to be dropping a ton of hilarious content. Um, I know he loves taking down Smirnoff Ices, uh, Ices himself <laughs> more than probably anybody, um, but also breaking down some, some good uh, football takes. So I never met Joe face-to-face. <clears throat> and obviously to all of our listeners out there, I, I mean, I went right to Deaver. I was like, listen, man, it's like you know this guy from college. You know, if you trust them, I do too, no doubt. Let's bring him on. Let's see, th- see what this guy's got comes in guns blazing in the group chat i go hey man everyone calls me bush like that's the nickname what do you like to be called this guy goes fundy my friends call me fundy f-u-n-d-i-e and ever since i haven't looked back fundy in the (laughs) chat fundy every single time yo funskies how we doing today he does an amazing uh, Polly Walnuts from uh, from The Sopranos, and uh, no nah, man, he just gets it. He gets he gets the vibe. He, he gets what we're trying to do here at Free Parking, and uh, look for some amazing stuff from him. The other bit about housekeeping information, Bush, you want to go with that one? Absolutely. So we have our intern, Dickie Duke. Some of you may know him as TD Duke. Some may know him as Tim Duke. He was our intern, first ever, and now. He is the lead of our Washington, D.C. free parking office. Soon to be, in a couple months, he will be down there, and he will be Caps, Nationals. What else is down there? Wizards. I think he's a Sixers fan. Wizards. Dude, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing. Congrats to Timmy, our true first intern success story. A big week for <laughs> success story, for sure. Big week for Timmy, too. Graduating from James Madison University, and then it's his birthday today as we're recording the podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, congrats to Timmy, man. Uh, you put in the hard hours as an intern. Uh, your pay stays the same, your workload goes up, um, and we'd love for you to still buy us beer and coffee. But other than that, congratulations. And uh, so welcome, Joe, and congrats to him. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. Oh, coffee cheers. You know me. I'm not coffee. That's only water. Water only for me in the morning. That's just vodka. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the first bit of news, we talked about it last week on the podcast, put up a snippet on Instagram. Um, More news has come out about the Match 2.0. The Match 2.0, Tiger... Phil, Brady, Manning. We gave our pick last week. We're sticking with it. Manning, Tiger. You got to go with the Sheriff. But we know where they're playing and when they're playing. May 24th at the Medalist here in Florida, in the West Palm Beach area, but near Tiger's hometown um, or where he resides. Again, super excited. They also threw out the format, Bush. The format, they, they're playing two different styles on the front and back nine. 
Okay. So on the front nine, they're going to go team match play with a. With, uh, they're playing four ball uh, on the front nine, and then modified alternate shot on the back, where each participant will tee off, and then the team will select a drive to play. So first nine, they're going shot for shot. Um, yeah. Second one, they'll 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 play a, kind of like a shamble. They'll pick a drive from there. I like that. That's kind of how we the guys play at Frog Rock, which is cool. So, Deebs, I did a little research on the medalist, and I was like, all right, let me go check out the website. It's Tiger Woods course. You know, I can imagine it's probably going to be, you know, popping, right? Go to the medalist golf club website, and I made sure it was the right one in Florida. It's got, three, it's got three tabs. It's got contact us, directions, and the member login. That's it. That's no it. other information. And that's when you know the place is amazing. That's when yeah. you know it's a really, really high-end golf course. When the website isn't book a tee time, it's no link nope. to golf now or Groupon. It nope. is contact us, member login. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's funny too because you know you <laughs> think of a lot of these courses and you're like, oh, like the medalists, like, oh, that's sick. That's where they're playing. All right. Well, let me go see if I can, you know, chime in and see if I can get on that course. No. No, you contact us and you either pay us 25k cash and then you become a member or <laughs> plus dues. Yeah, plus dues or you don't you don't call them at all. And 25k might be might be a little light, might be a little light for that membership. I know that that is what Galloway National is probably 10 years ago. So I can imagine that that's even more expensive now too. So and these guys, some of these guys, man, they're members at multiple. Yeah. Yeah. They have multiple member login pages. Yeah, dude, it's mind-boggling. But anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because I think that that is is funny. A Tiger Woods, you know, international level impact, and this website is three tabs and zero information, not even description of the course, just one picture. Contact us. We may get back to you. We probably won't. <laughs> yeah, you just say that at the bottom. We may get back to you. Your email probably is going to go to spam. <laughs> that's great hey but just like we talked about in the last episode we we said it was gonna be chippy we said there was gonna be some banter and we saw that uh there was an interview posted with all four of them kind of zoom calling in skyping in and the sheriff was already throwing jabs at tampa brady like i said with four golfers instead of just two two guys that are in the amateur game where the banter and the side bets are always prevalent uh, i think that's what we're gonna see out of these guys mm -hmm. so i saw that interview right and the first things that come to my mind when i see that was I was shocked at how silent Mickelson and Woods were, other than just snickering and laughing the whole time. Dude, they, I think, now this is just the first thing that came to my mind, that Woods and Phil are a little, a little starstruck that they're playing with these two guys. And, and listen, really? those two, those two are the biggest in golf, you know, in our time. But, dude, these guys were silent. They were snickering in the background, like, haha, like, that's really funny. But, like, it was all Manning, dude. It was all Manning. And I think the reason that it's all Manning, too, is because the other three guys are still in their respective careers. They're all still playing. Sure. Brady, Brady was eating everything that Manning was throwing at him because Manning's off the cuff. He's like, I got nothing to worry about. I don't have a PR team at, the, at you know with me with the Bucks right now or Tiger and Phil still going out there to compete after this thing's over and on May 24th. The sheriff's mm -hmm. retired, dude. He, he has nothing to worry about. Old guys rule, yeah. right? That's the T-shirt. He doesn't really True. care. So I think very, that very that's true. why you're seeing him just kind of throw words down all their throats because they really have nothing to come back with. Or if they do, they have to be a little more, more careful because their <laughs> image is still on the field every single Sunday or, or uh, on, the, yeah. on the golf course on the weekends. That's a great call. That's a great call. And it was funny, too. I mean, Peyton with the modern events in his, in his banter. Yeah. Hits him with a, yeah, Tom with the B&E the other day. You know, he had to call the local Tampa sheriff to, uh, yeah, to see got if he was allowed to play. The tournament had to be in Florida. You know, after Tom's 
BNE arrest, uh, you know, with the ankle <laughs> monitor. He couldn't leave the state, um, so it had to be in Florida. Uh, Tiger and I talked to the sheriff in Tampa. He's going to be allowed to go to Palm Beach to play. Uh, the other, the so other funny one was he, he, he tallied up their championship victories, and he added his number to Tiger's. It's like, oh, te- team overall victories. And he's like, yeah, you and you and Phil, you have, uh, you know, six of Brady's and however many of Phil's. It came to like 13 or something. And uh, Tiger and I, well, we have seventeen. We have seventeen uh, major major championship victories. So, and he has one. What, one. Peyton has one, two. Look, I think the teams are fair. I think uh, you know Phil chose the right partner and Tom together. You know they have eleven championships. Tiger and I have seventeen. The way I count it, right, Tiger? <laughs> Tiger is pulling the the workload with the trophy cabinet, but um, yeah, but we're Peyton's got the Colts and the Broncos right around the right? corner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be sick. So, Deves, there's been a couple awesome and exciting announcements with the NFL that have come out. Also, some little sketchy ones as well. Uh, the pass interference call, Deves, nixed it. Not there anymore. Yeah, pretty crazy. They went back on their word that quick. The NFL's removing the review of offense and defensive pass interference. Uh, after a year that they tried it out, I guess it took too much time out of the game. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was telling you, man. It was it was stupid. One, because we knew they were never going to get reversed. And what was it? 90 plus percent never got reversed or something like that. It was never. Yeah. And you look at it in real time. That's when you should know if it's blatant in real time. It's a pass interference. Yeah. To anybody on the on the replay, it would look like a, a, a pass interference. Right. Yeah. And when you look at it as a replay, one side of the Bengals fans are all going to say, yes, that was pass interference if it was on them. The other side's going to be like, that was blatantly not a pass interference. If you look at it in real time, it was way too much up for debate. It was way too subjective. And that is why I think it's it's a problem. It wasn't objective enough for it to be, you know, cut and dry. Yep, okay, we can go back and make that call. It just wasn't. They gave it a shot. We ran it for a year. It didn't work. And now it's gone. And now we're back to the old way. And people are going to, you know, regardless, you're going to have people on the other side of the aisle saying that they want it back or they didn't like it. Uh, mm-hmm. They can't make everybody happy. So I think no. they made the right call. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think they made the right call. Uh, you know, I do think that the NFL should look at these new steps that the XFL and the AAF did take with their reviews and, and that in that sense, because you look at the XFL, man, they had literally an Xbox controller and a TV so they could go frame by frame to determine whether a player was inbounds out, whatever, you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it changed the game and made it quick because they did it in a process that was like, this is how it works. And this is how we make a decision. You'll have a decision in two minutes. And it was, it was always the right call. And that's what made the XFL exciting. And I liked that a lot, but the NFL didn't do it that way. And that's why it was a problem. So the other big one coming out this week, Thursday night, almost like Christmas morning. Again, it was the draft first. Now we have the NFL schedule release. There were a couple of rumors and leaks leading into it. One account on Twitter was actually fully fake. The entire account was fake. The guy, kid created it. He gained a bunch of followers. People, I mean, they looked legit, and the matchups were actually awesome. What he was running through as like projected matchups actually kind of tainted the real release schedule for me um, and still kind of leaves me with a negative feeling of the, the actual release schedule. Um, so the NFL comes out with their schedule on Thursday. All the teams dropped it on their socials at 730. The boys are fired up. Saw a couple matchups that I, I'm planning all my trips, really. I'm planning what yeah. games I'm going to. I have my entire fall almost planned out, whether it's a Bucks game, an Eagles game, or a Steelers game home or away, take all of my money, take my whole stimmy check, (laughs) take the entire thing. I got flights booked. I don't care if we can't fly. And it's still, I I got the flights booked. 
Um, and I think the biggest one out of all of it for our crew is we've been talking for a long time. The Steelers are playing the Eagles in Pittsburgh this year. The Eagles are making the trip out west to uh, Western PA. And we have a pretty divided set of friends that we have a good, good chunk of Steelers fans, myself included. I also support the birds um, and all of you guys back at home. So we're planning uh, FPP goes west. FPP Pittsburgh trip week five. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting as hell, man. It was something that we t- discussed la- at the end of last season. Like, oh, man, like we think the Eagles are going to be playing the Steelers this year. And it kind of went on the back burner for a little bit until Monday. Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday, we get a text, group chat forms. People are leaving. People are joining. People are inviting their law school buddies. Like, it was <laughs> it was like the floodgates opened due to yeah. the schedule like release. Yeah, we have our crew, obviously, of you know everybody that's a part of free parking, and then everybody added probably two or three friends to that, whether they're a Steelers or an Eagles fan, or they're just somebody that wanted to get out and see a new NFL stadium. And now we have a group chat of, I think, 16 different people that are all making the trip in October to, to Pittsburgh. So we'll keep you guys updated on that one, but super excited to show folks Heinz Field. I've uh, been there several times, and it is Disney World for a Steelers fan, for sure, or any NFL fan. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. like Mecca for me. Um, that brings, cool. brings a tear to the eye, man. It's, it's a good spot. Dude, that's sick. So I know they have what, like they're all six of their Super Bowl trophies in gigantic form. And what do they have? Just like a cool little Hall of Fame there or something? Correct. Yeah, the one side of the stadium, the whole um, the whole one side of the stadium is called the Hall, the Hall of Honor. And they have six replica Super Bowls, like, you know, giant stat, Super Bowl Lombardi trophies, mm-hmm. floor to ceiling in, in the stadium. Um, kind of a Hall of Fame there. They have, you know, all the retired jerseys are in like lockers. With kind of setups of you know the guy's cleats from 1945 or oh, Jerome Bettis' jersey from the Super Bowl, uh, it is. Uh, I'm just kind of in awe just thinking about it. It's and the city itself is gorgeous. People give Pittsburgh a bad rap. I mean, I think back in the day it was a steel town. It was dirty. Um, now it's trending upwards. It's a really livable city. I always called it that when I visited. It's a livable city. I could see myself there, and it's gorgeous with the sightlines, the bridges. You'll never see more. It's the has the most bridges in a city other than I think Venice, Italy. Wow. I remember you also telling me too, when you're driving to Pittsburgh and you're going out yes. West from Philly, you go through the mountains and you don't see yes. anything. You don't see the skyline. You come through out of the mountains. Boom. Yes. Skyline. It's kind of like a utopia. I was telling somebody actually just last night, uh, Dante, who's another Steelers fan in that group chat, one of Hammond's friends, you drive through, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, you're, you know, it's cows, corn, fields, mountains, and you come into what's called the Squirrel Tunnel. And then you go into the side of the mountain, you drive through for about five minutes, and when you come out on the other side of this mountain, it, it, just, it just opens up. And you see the skyline, bridges, the stadiums in the background, and it almost just like has a glow to it. It's like, oh, you know that's what I mean? Cool. Like, it's, it, that's, that's, how, cool. that's how cool it is. So that's a big one on our list. I think the other teams that we kind of went round table with was obviously the Birds take a look at their schedule and uh and me especially here too in tampa 20 minutes away from raymond james was the buck schedule mm-hmm. that's going to be exciting man that is where your money's going to be going dude it's going to be a that big money exactly where my cash is going to be going for sure yeah uh because all of their home matchups are really 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 good we talked about it previously but they have some stellar talent coming and now i know what days what the, you know i think uh green bay is a target for me um, i think it's mid-october a 425 game aaron Rodgers versus tom brady in the nfc now Drew Brees comes to town Monday night. They're playing the Chiefs here at home. Patrick Mahomes, reigning Super Bowl champions. So there's a couple key matchups where I think I might be going to more Bucks games than Eagles or Steelers games this year for sure. 
Yeah, it makes sense, man. And I was thinking back, like, wow, have I ever seen Brady or Belichick? And you and I, Bryson, I believe Jimbo or Nader, we did. We got to see them live. So that probably will be one of the few times I ever see Brady and Belichick live. But it looks like you're going to be seeing them quite a bit, man. For sure. For sure. Not necessarily Belichick, but Brady for sure. But Brady, yeah. That's sick. So, Deebs, obviously, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium is probably going to be sick. I can't wait to see it and get the tour. I'm going to get a tour from a fan, not even a tour from the fan engagement team or whatever. But that's going to be sick. But, man, I'm excited for these new stadiums that are coming to town. All these new teams and all these new areas that are going to be, you know, building their own history in those in those places. Yeah, so week one, we'll see, get our first look at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, with my business trips there back and forth, you actually fly right over it uh, on your way into LAX. So I've seen the stadium being constructed. Every time I go out, I take a picture. I have to I have to dig them up. Every time I flew out there, I would take a picture if I flew over SoFi Stadium and kind of got to see the progress as, as it was built from a dirt pit, of, you know, acres of a dirt pit to the skeleton of the stadium to starting to put the roof on. I have a pick of that. And now it's, it's, it's ready to go Rams week one. And then the other one looks like the death star in Las Vegas. We have the Raiders move Vegas first year there week two. That stadium looks sick. That is a $4 billion black glass box, man. Yeah, it's, it's a fortress. Uh, I mean, I look at it and I think star Wars like immediately, oh, uh, but these sure. are, I, I want to backtrack to the Rams stadium real quick and see if you know this question uh, or the answer to this question that I have here. But is it true that because of the mass of that stadium, like almost a quarter of it is like underground, like it had to be a big hole had to be dug out. So the field is below, you know, the parking lot pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I don't know that for a fact. I believe it. I've seen stadiums like that too. Um, I'm pretty sure High Point Stadium, or used to be called High Point Stadium. Now I think it's like She Energy, Shy Energy, uh, Rutgers, where Rutgers football plays. I'm pretty sure that one's similar, where you walk down yes. into yep. into the bowl. I've seen that before. I, be- I believe mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's in Inglewood. It's in a southern section of of LA, and they're kind of gentrifying that that area down there. They're doing very similar to the Xfinity Live. I think like an LA Live walk. Um, like what we saw at the Staples Center, a bunch of restaurants and bars and entertainment. I think it's going to be great for for the city, and I really, really, really want to have a chance to to go out there. Absolutely. And then I guess we can go right over to Vegas again. So, Deez, I was watching Pawn Stars, P-A-W-N Stars, on History Channel the other day, (laughs) and they had a Vegas Golden Knights jersey that had come in, and it was Marc-Andre Fleury's. This is all coming back to the NFL. Give me a minute. And what the jersey was, was it had one seven on it and it had Flurry's signature. So the guy, Rick from Pawn Stars, goes, Hey, let me call on a buddy. You know, I'll have him take a look. Calls in Mark Andre Flurry to take a look at the jersey. Dude, it was sick. So Andre Flurry's like, This was the first ever jersey worn by a Vegas Golden Knight that I signed. And it was the reason it was 17 was because it was 2017 and it was was the the expansion draft. Right. Yeah. So he verified the jersey. I think it wound up getting sold for about, you know, three thousand dollars or something, which is sick. A jersey at three thousand. Um, and then, you know, they were all fired up. Anyway, what I'm getting back to this is Vegas athletes love Vegas. So yeah. I think the football team yeah. is going to thrive there, man. They're going to thrive. Mark andre Fleury was a Pittsburgh Penguin. Now he's out in Vegas loving his life. So um, and it was evident in that TV show. And I think Vegas residents love Vegas sports teams. I mean, we've seen the Golden Knights in their in their in their playoff runs. They show out, 
It's a yeah. show like no other. So you have that. People there that were starving for sports. Now they have a team there to support, plus the tourism that it's going to bring in. I mean, that place is going to be a party every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. And you know it's That's on our sick. list. If it ever lines up that the Flyers or one of our teams are out there at the same time to be able to catch both of them, I mean, that is that is it's our must. weekend. We always kind of gear our trips around sports. And to go to Vegas and to do it all, forget about yeah. it. Yeah, forget, forget about it. Literally, literally forget about it. You will forget about it. You will not remember that trip. It will stay there. What happens there stays there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. So basically, you know, that whole story just ties back into the fact that athletes love Vegas. And I think that the football team, man, going there, Gruden, I think he embodies that Vegas style, that high energy, that go get them, yeah. yeah. uh, yeah. you know, you know takes risks you know I, I love it i love the whole atmosphere and then that new four billion dollar stadium looking like uh darth vader's hangout there all black at six so i'm very excited to see these two new two new spots last bit of news before we get into the detailed analysis of the nfl schedule i want to talk about the nfl instating a refund policy which is great it kind of gives us a little more flexibility especially for the trips and the money that we're looking to spend on tickets if you buy tickets directly from a lot of uh, all the nfl teams directly from their their sites they're offering a full refund if the games get canceled or they get set with no fans. So it kind of gives the ticket buyer, whether you're a season ticket holder member, um, a group, you know, you're buying tickets with a group or just individual tickets, gives you a little bit more insurance that if it doesn't happen, you'll get your money back. I believe Ticketmaster and another site have have said the same that they will refund full tickets. So we could buy those Eagle Steelers tickets tomorrow, and you know, just in case something happens, we'd be fine. So it's kind of nice to hear. That's very nice to hear. And I thought, what a great security, you know, especially with everything going on, man. If we want to buy those Eagle Steelers tickets, I mean, it's we really should. We should have already, honestly. But, you know. So I reached out to Steelers group ticket sales. I'm trying to get the big bunch all together. But uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that one. So without further ado, um, Joe Lecava, first appearance on the podcast. Hammonds and I are going to break down some NFL schedule highlights right here. And now we'd like to welcome on the newest member to the Free Parking Podcast crew, a guy who needs a little introduction, even though we gave him one in the beginning, Joe LeCavett. Joe, welcome on the podcast. What is going on, fellas? How are we doing? You've already put out your first written piece of content, your NFL draft grades. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, go to freeparkingpod.com slash blog to check out, check out Joe's draft grades for every single team, very in-depth, very detailed. Um, and he picks picks that, you know, aren't the highlights they aren't the round one two three guys you dive deep in some of those picks hey man i tried to uh you know give everybody a little sense of you know my knowledge on football kind of just wanted to give everybody some guys i liked in college too that i think will be able to translate in the nfl joe you had a chance to be on the podcast uh in the last league year after the chiefs won the super bowl obviously in a huge kansas city chiefs fan show the folks your shirt you have on right now for those seeing video content of this little fantastic tie-dye retro champ shirt oh yeah but it's a new league year man you missed your chance so we're not talking about the chiefs of last year we're not we're not talking about chiefs last year it's a new nfl season and last week the nfl released their entire schedule for 2020 so let's break down. Let's go uh, guy by guy, team by team. We all picked three separate teams that we want to talk about, whether it's our favorite team, a team we see couldn't make a push here, uh, or a team that um, has a tough schedule and might fall off the uh, fall off the ladder. So I was breaking down the NFL strength of schedule, and, and last year the Patriots had one of the easiest schedules in the league. This year they actually have the toughest schedule, especially with some changes happening up in Foxborough. 
On the flip side, one of the front runners in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, have the weakest schedule. But third on the list of, of weakest schedules, Joe, you wanted to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the draft that they had, and now they're coming in with a uh, schedule for 2020 where their opponents were under 500 for the year. So let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC East. A lot of hype around them again, Joe. Let's hear it. Right. So, listen, it feels like every single year Dallas has, you know, these ginormous expectations with, you know, Dak, Zeke, everybody. Um, I actually, I really like Dallas this year. I mean, they had a couple key losses, we know. Uh, they lost Byron Jones. Uh, Travis Frederick retired. Um, they lost Robert Quinn. Jason Witten, locker room guy. But I do like Dallas because they had probably the best draft out of any team in the league. Um, and they also had some really good free agent pickups. Um, they re-signed Anthony Brown. Um, and one thing that I really think that the Dallas Cowboys will excel at this year is just spreading the football around with whatever they want to do on offense. They're going to be able to do it. I mean, they have all the pieces on offense for Dak. They still have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, so I really like Dallas this year. A um, couple games to look out for definitely would be week three at Seattle. Um, anytime you're playing Seattle, I don't care who's on the team. If Russell Wilson's alive uh, in Seattle is always tough. Um, and another game I wanted to point out, too, uh, for Dallas is week 13. They're at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know how good Baltimore is. Eh, whatever. That's always going to be a tough game. And, of course, any game they play against Philly. Um, so, I guess, in short, um, I also really like Dallas's defensive line. They really are helping out DeMarcus Lawrence. Um, they signed two players. Yeah, so they signed Gerald McCoy, obviously Ham knows, and Dontari Poe, who me and Ham, you know, both had a little experience with. Um, they got a revamped D-line. They signed HaHa Clinton Dix. I mean, yeah, they lost Byron Jones in the secondary, but listen, your secondary will be good if you got a good pass rush, and I think Dallas's pass rush is going to be a problem this year, especially Alden Smith. Hey, listen, guy hasn't played probably 12 years, but but how, how long has it been since he's played? I think four years, actually. I don't think he's played in four right. years. Yeah. Um, but, hey, man, I don't know. If they stay healthy, Dak's going to spread it. He's going to ball out. I got Dallas at 11-5 and five this year. Huh. I, I find it interesting that you're talking about pass rush. That kind of transitions into the team that I wanted to talk about. Uh, you're pretty familiar with this team. You, the Chiefs, they play them twice a year. The Las Vegas Raiders – Weird for you to say that. Weird to hear that come out of your mouth. I I hesitated, too, because everybody always wants to say Oakland. They have a new stadium, and the reason why I have them as my sleeper team is because of one man and one man only, Mike Mayock being their GM. I don't know if you've noticed, but last year, the pass rusher that they got out of the fourth round, Max Crosby, he wreaks havoc. I think it was was one game. He had four sacks, and then he does all these dances. He becomes very confident. And this draft, uh, they had two first-round picks. They addressed corner, which they desperately needed. They got more weapons for Carr. But obviously, the biggest question mark is their quarterback. Is Derek Carr their guy? And I think this is their year to actually find out. Um, I, I do have them finishing 10-6. and six, But I think wow. the battle between – I think wow. the battle the battle between the Chargers and the Raiders <laughs> obviously will determine who finishes second in the AFC West. I like it. Listen, yeah, dude, dude, it's and also listen. something I wanted to point out every year you find those teams that manage to get their way into the playoffs. The Tigers, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. the Bears. Mm-hmm. That's why the Raiders, again, they are my team. 
maybe not maybe not 10 and 6 i could see them with an above 500 record getting into the playoffs mm-hmm. though, for sure so i definitely agree with you on this with there's always a team that sneaks in but i think that it could be a different team in the AFC West that you didn't even mention. That's what I think. I think Denver, Denver is going to be I knew you were gonna scary. Say that. They're going to be scary. I have them 6-10. and ten. Listen, Drew, if Drew Locke, no team this offseason had a better setup than the Broncos. They did so much for Drew Locke, man. I don't know. If he can take the next step, they're going to be tough. to. They're going to be a team that's in every single game. Maybe not win every game, but they're going to be in dogfights. They have a great front office. That's where it started. Yeah. We were yeah. watching last night, actually. It was a, kind of an inside the combine lead up to the draft, and they highlighted four players. And two of those four players were drafted by the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. Yes. Right? Both of them were drafted by the Denver Broncos. And you're watching these highlights and seeing how skilled and dominant these players could potentially be in the NFL in their offseason training. And, they, and they, had, they had both of them. So, like you said, set them up with a bunch of weapons. AFC West, very interesting this year. Yeah. I think we know who's on top, obviously, but that second seed, you know, who's going to get in on the wild card side of things. Interesting. Yeah. So a team that's very familiar with the first team you talked about, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you mentioned them in your in your piece there, the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of our followers are Eagles fans. And uh, through my key matchups, like the Cowboys were on that list. Cowboys Week 16 is probably my key matchup for the Birds. The NFC East has come down to the end of the season recently in recent years, and I think it'll be – another year to see, you know, what happens in December for the NFC East. Another key matchup for the birds. It's been on my calendar ever since the schedule came out. And even before that, I knew they were playing as we've talked about it week five at the Pittsburgh Steelers mm. long history here. They don't play very often because of being in separate conferences, but it's always the battle of Pennsylvania. Their first meeting, this goes back was in 1933 where the Eagles won 25 to six. Their last meeting was 2016 where the Eagles won 34 to three. And the all-time series is at 48-28-2 to 28 to two, uh, Eagles. There were two ties, I guess, in that. But the Eagles are 48-28, <laughs> you know, wins-loss. Wow. Uh, so the Steelers have some ground to make up. And when the Eagles travel west to Pittsburgh, we will see, um, I think, some fireworks. Steelers adding some, um, some offensive firepower with McFarland as a, as a running back um, and Claypool, uh, who Ben can air it out to. Big Ben is now back. And the Eagles having secondary woes the past couple of seasons. Could be an interesting matchup to watch, as well as the Eagles. Uh, sorry, the Steelers studded defense, which is kind of growing uh, with this young core of T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree as their linebackers, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick in the secondary against an Eagles offense that um, needs more weapons for Carson Wentz, and they, I think they're working there to get him weapons with the Rieger draft pick. Um, but you could see a combination of a stifling defense and some offensive firepower from the Steelers. And I have the Steelers taking that game, obviously. Um, but that's one of my key matchups for, for the birds and for really my season, um, other ones for the birds. So look out for though, the saints and the Seahawks, two teams, they really haven't been able to get over the hump against in recent years. They play the Seahawks at home again. Um, I was at that game last season when they lost, um, two teams that if the Eagles want to be a dominant force in the NFC, you have to beat the good teams. You have to beat these teams. Um, especially when you get a chance with the Seahawks at home. Um, so those two weeks to look out for that'll sway the birds season, I think. If you know, if you see them, those guys win against the Saints and the Seahawks, they're going to be a dominant force. If not, they'll be fighting to get in. I have them splitting with the Saints and Seahawks, beating beating the Hawks, losing to the Saints. Too early to tell prediction. Ten and six for the Birds. Wow. I think they could do. I think they could do seven and six, barring barring some weak losses spread throughout. Ten and yeah. six, and the Cowboys at nine and seven is is where I have those two. So 
Um, it's going to be tight, a, man. Again, a dogfight for the NFC East. And I, I, I like the Redskins taking that next step. Not saying that they're playoff bound, but mm-hmm. they have a defensive head coach. Their D-line in general, it's insane. Disgusting. And, and it's young. Um, yeah, the, the, really I'm, young. I'm excited to see the Redskins too. And obviously I have Ron Rivera. That's my guy. I'll be rooting for him a little bit. But. Yeah. I so like you have another NFC team for us? You got the uh, Arizona Cardinals were on your, on your watch list, huh? Yeah, man. So Cardinals, to me, they had an unbelievable offseason. I mean, anytime you can trade a, a, a running back for arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, I mean, I don't care what you did other than that, you had a great offseason. I mean, they traded David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you can't even – I can't even – there's no more words that are left to be said about how Steal bad it was. Baby. Stealing candy from a baby. It's probably worse than that. If something's worse than that. It's that Not bad. Worse. Yeah, uh, but hey, man. So the Cardinals, they honestly they improved everywhere. They had a good draft. They had a good off season. Um, they didn't really lose a lot of guys. I mean, the players that they lost, it's nothing really to um, you know scoff about. I mean, they're they're nothing crazy. They they added some great pieces. I mean, again, they added Hopkins. Um, they added Jordan Phillips um, from the Buffalo Bills to help out they're with their first round draft pick too. Yeah, man. They are they they had a good draft. Um, they also are going to help Chandler Jones with the pass rush a little bit. Um, they signed Devin Kennard and Devondre Campbell. So the Cardinals, man, they're going to be – they're an intriguing team this year. They really are. Kyler Murray was rookie of the year last year. Sorry, he definitely deserved it over Josh Jacobs. I'm sorry you're going to give it to a quarterback. Um, the Cardinals, to me, man, they they got some tough games this year. And the biggest game that I highlighted for them was week one. Set the tone early. They're at – the 49ers. I mean, you set that tone early. I know week one in the NFL is muddy waters. A lot of weird things happen week one. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, hey, if they set the tone in in San Fran off a Super Bowl hangover, tough loss, listen, Cardinals win that game. They could steamroll and, and, and make some noise early in the season. So, I and like the Cardinals. And after that, I mean, I don't know how they rank totally strike the schedule, but the competition after, like you said, they get over that week one hump. Then they have Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets. Like four weeks that are very, very windward right after that. And we could find ourselves coming up to week six of the Cardinals 5-0 and potentially, which is yeah. – yeah. And or flip side of that too, they could be, you know, no wins at that point. It's yeah. just yeah. – Three, 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 three right. and two, we're not too sure still. Yep. yep. Right. Um, they obviously probably play in, you know, the hardest division in football. They play Seattle. They play the Niners. The Rams are still good. I mean, yeah. so I think the Cardinals are going to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. Um, again, they're going to be my team that's probably in every single game they play in. Um, I think they're going to score a ton of points this year. I mean, that offense is gross, honestly, around Kyler and Ken, and Kenyon Drake and just the receivers. I have them in 8-8. Eight and eight. They're probably a year away from really making some noise in the NFC. Speaking of NFC, we got one more team uh, to highlight from that division. Uh, the NFC North. Sorry, the NFC North. Uh, Minnesota. You want to talk about the Vikings, Sam? Yeah, so I'm kind of going to take this the other way. We're kind of – we've been complimenting these teams and, mm-hmm. and young talent that they have. Even though Minnesota, they had an outstanding draft because they needed it. Um, I think Minnesota, they've been one of those teams that they've been knocking on the door. They've been getting into the playoffs. I think they're going to take a step back this year. I really do. Considering the Bears acquisition with Nick Foles, obviously the Packers are as good as they've been. Lions – not so good. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think Minnesota 
I don't. I don't think they're going to be as successful as they. Peter Archer, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Diggs is gone. They still have Cousins. Yeah. We've honestly, everyone's been waiting on Cousins to take a step back. Mm-hmm. How great? How many years? Be exactly. The, his clock's been ticking. They drafted Justin Jefferson out of LSU, mm-hmm. a piece that they yeah. definitely needed. But a lot of questions have been been brought up about Jefferson. Is he NFL caliber? Is he ready to play? Can he start Week One? And Thielen, he wasn't successful without Diggs on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, hey, and Thielen was definitely banged up last year, though. But that's even yeah. the games he was healthy, and I feel like he wasn't really what he was. I th- and I think Minnesota had 15 draft picks this past draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they drafted they a lot so many of players. They needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they um, lost a lot of guys, a lot of depth guys too. You mentioned Thielen getting hurt. I don't know if you guys have ever watched his highlights, but every time he catches a ball and he falls to the ground, he hits his head. Always. Yeah, I don't know. I think he it happens on accident, but yeah, he's constantly hitting his head. He's like reckless a little bit. Yeah, and I, I it's a huge deal. It's like yeah, he deal. needs to protect himself. You know. Yeah, I am a big Thielen guy. I when Thielen's healthy and like the, the years that Diggs was there in front of him, I thought Thielen was one of the top five, ten wide receivers in the league. Like very, very underrated. He can ball. He can ball. Yeah. What? Segwaying from one of your key departures from Minnesota goes his, his way to Buffalo. Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills, I want to talk about a little bit. Um, a team that made some noise last year and I think have a chance now with Tom Brady gone in the AFC East to make even more noise. Um, Josh Allen's kind of coming in on his own. I remember that that game against the Vikings last year when he yeah. rushed for, I don't know, did, how many yards did he rush? He had a couple, you know, big plays that big game. Runs. Um, I really put the big on that last year, man. Yeah. And now adding a weapon like Diggs, uh, key matchups I see for the Bills, I think comes – First week six against your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you said it's a primetime game. Mm-hmm. And my Sunday game, night. And my no, it's Thursday night. It's Thursday night Thursday football. Night. Okay. And my reason this is a key matchup. It's not that you know they need to win this game, but they need to be around. They can't the get smoked. They, they can't, can't get, get smoked. smoked. You got to show me that you're a player, not a pretender, and that's what the case in game Buffalo is. Too? Show me that you can hang with the best of them. Um, are they in Kansas City too? No, they're in Buffalo. Okay, they're in Buffalo. See, even more of a reason to, to, to be around. So week six is my first key matchup for the Bills. Um, again, I, I bring up Seattle again week nine, um, just because it's another team that, you know, if you want to be good, you got to beat Seattle. Um, mm. Or those, you know, middle ground teams to, to take that to take that next yeah. step. Let me see. I do like to compare Josh Allen to uh, your guy, Big Ben. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like him so much. And he gives his receivers chances, throws a deep ball. He's more He's going to take athletic. chances. He's going to take chances, too. Has to. Um, and then another one for them against my Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Week 14. That's a Sunday night game as well. So two teams that I think are kind of – Late in the season. Late right? in the season, but also on it's the healthy, man. That'll be a game. That'll be yes. a game. That'll be a game. Um, my two early to, early to tell prediction with those departures in the AFC East and nobody really stepping up to the plate, man, they could go 11-5 and five in my mind. Ooh. They really could. I mean, dude, they, I think they split against the Pats. They could sweep their division. I know the Dolphins yep. have some stuff going on down here um, in Florida, but – yeah, they could they could run a clean sweep. They they, it, it they could, could run a clean sweep. Yeah, I mean the, their biggest competition is is the Chiefs, um, the Chargers. They play the Chargers and the 49ers. So not the easiest schedule, but they can they could have some outstanding wins and continue their push that they've had. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and they had too. Keeping it in the AFC, Joe, do you just want to give us a rundown on what you think the reigning champs are going to be like this year? Are running it back? Is that basically what you're running with? <laughs> Listen, so obviously, 
you know, coming off the Super Bowl last year. Still no bias. No bias at all. No bias. Listen, man, the I I was shocked with what we did in the offseason, to be honest with you. We returned 20 of 22 starting position players last year. We lost two guys. We lost Kendall Fuller and Stefan Wisniewski, our left guard. So who went to the Steelers? He's yep. good. Yep. He's good. Um, listen, the the Chiefs are clearly running it back. I mean, there's literally no hiding it. They literally said, you couldn't beat us last year with this team. Try beating us again. Pretty much the same exact team, if yeah. not better. Um, and the only they got of need, you could say, was running back, and they addressed that in the draft. Yeah, they took they took uh, took my boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at LSU. Love that guy all year. Um, listen, the Chiefs schedule, I will say, it's not the easiest. It's not the hardest, but... The thing with their schedule is all of their hardest games are on the road this year. They're at mm. Tampa Bay. They're at New Orleans. They're at Baltimore. Um, they're at Buffalo. Um, wow. Their whole division. They're at, you know, L.A. At they're, at- they're away at Baltimore. Yeah, they're at Baltimore. Week wow. three. So they got a lot of tough games this year, man. Week three at Baltimore. Uh, week 12 at Tampa Bay. Um, they got week 15 at New Orleans. Late, late in the year, that's going to be – that's a biggie. That's yeah. I know uh, a, a couple minutes ago when we talked about the week three matchup against Baltimore, you kind of you kind of shook your head. Is, it, is that game, is that probably the biggest game of the season, even though it's so early? Listen, I would say over the last two years or so, the Mahomes-Lamar Jackson conversation, which should not even be a conversation, is just taking the national media by storm. And I think it's absolutely insane to have them in the same breath. They're not even close to players. That's why the last two years I love playing Baltimore and I love beating them because Lamar Jackson's not even close to the same level as Patrick Mahomes. So I really want week three at Baltimore. I just want to beat the living hell out of the Ravens. I just want to beat them by 30 and Mahomes wipes his hands clean five teams. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you're comparing a quarterback to a running back? Is that what you're saying? That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm comparing a quarterback to a running back. It, it, Maybe they're in a different category, but they're both very good players. Maybe you're comparing like apples and oranges, but they're both really, really good apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's it's probably the best apple you can have, and and probably one of the best oranges you could have. And but you're a bet, you're a bigger apple guy than an orange guy. Is that? Yeah, I that think most, most. Yeah. Um, Chiefs had a great off season. I really like their draft. Um, can't have them going undefeated. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I got them at fourteen and two, losing, losing to Tampa Bay and losing to the Saints. I have them at uh, thirteen and three myself. Um, you were just mentioning Lamar Jackson, former MVP, Mahomes, another former MVP. But I would like to take it to a former MVP who is currently not on an NFL roster and talk <laughs> about the Panthers for a little bit. Um, it's it's funny that uh, I actually I just. I just submitted this article to Free Parking's blog, mm-hmm. so go check that out. And basically, I was uh, I was describing how I became a Panthers fan. It started with Steve Smith, and I was lucky to be transitioned with Cam Newton coming in as Steve Smith was leaving. Yeah. Um, but just to see Cam not on an NFL roster and to see uh, a Mike Glennon get signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars as a backup, Cam just turned – I think he turns 31 today. I think today is Cam's mm. birthday. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday, Superman. I, I miss you, bud. But, wow. Um, that, hurt, that, hurt, that hurt a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Carolina did their thing this year. All seven draft picks were defensive players, which we desperately needed. Um, that special we were watching last night, welcome to the NFL rookie. Uh, Derek Brown was on it. 
and he he has a young daughter. He's a great man, great guy. Happy with him. And uh, we we got a guy from Notre Dame, your guy, Troy Pride Jr. You were telling me about. I'm excited about him in the secondary. Ball. And just our predictions in general. I want to see if I can uh, go to Raymond James for uh, a Tampa Tampa Bay matchup against the Panthers. Maybe Tampa but Bay is open. I have uh, I have the Panthers going six and ten this year. Not very high expectations. So if they manage to get close to 500, I'll be happy. Don't know if Bridgewater's the guy, but I guess we'll see. Right, and that's the case with the Panthers, man. They they did a lot of different things in this offseason. They lost a lot of guys. You know, you had your emotional leader, Keekly, retire, but you had some guys come in too. You got a whole new regime. So you, this is honestly, it's exciting for you because you don't know. Matt Rule can completely turn this team yeah. around and just have them play a different ball. Exactly. I think the hardest part is the division they're in. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. You, you got a superpower in the Saints and probably a superpower in the Bucks. And you yeah. can't scoff at the Falcons because their offense is insane. And they're so, so high, won't hit or miss, right? You, you have no idea what Falcons team you're getting. I feel like if no idea. You have no I, – I can't bet for or against the Falcons anymore. My no. heart can't No, I can't continue to lose more money on betting Falcons overs because they never hit. Yeah. Yeah. When they totally should. Oh, yeah. But, Deaver, we noticed the other day, Carolina, they play Pittsburgh in the preseason. Again, for what, the 18th season in a row? Yeah, interesting stat we saw. Yeah, Steelers line up against the Panthers week four, I think, of the preseason. For the 18th season in a row, our two teams have met in the preseason. Um, so, segueing over to the Steelers, during the regular season, they actually have the second easiest schedule in the league. Wow. Um, behind the Ravens and in front of the Cowboys. So Must be nice. Playing the NFC East this season is, is, is kind of nice. Um, we open up with the Giants away. It's actually the sixth season in a row we've opened on the road. Uh, Monday Night Football against the Giants. Uh, so hopefully we open up with a, a soft one there. But some other key matchups, obviously I already talked about the Eagles matchup for the Steelers week five. The area I'm looking at is this week seven, eight, and nine. And we got set up with a really nice bye week, week eight. But before and after that, before that we play the Ravens week seven and the Cowboys after that a week nine. And I really could see where that's similar to where I was talking about the Eagles and the Saints-Seahawks area, where we could kind of go to a fork in the road of our season. We have the Ravens pre-bye week. If we have a good week then and can come out and still stay successful against the Cowboys, I could see us take off. Um, if we sputter there and with the bye week in the middle, could be a different story. Um, another game to watch for me, I keep talking about the Ravens. We brought them up a ton here. But Thanksgiving night, we play the Ravens Sunday or Thursday night football. Um, on Thanksgiving, so always love the holiday games. Bloodbath. Uh, avoid get to avoid the family and, and sit down on the couch uh, with my second <laughs> plate. Probably at that point of Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I'm excited about this team, man. Big Ben's back. Uh, we've talked about the draft. I think on the last podcast, adding Claypool, a deep ball threat receiver. He brings some grit. I, I saw some of his blocking highlights. He looks like Heinz Ward out there throwing guys down, pancaking on the sidelines. Um, I think with the combination of Ben being back, giving Juju some help with another deep ball wide receiver, you could see the guys back. I mean, hopefully James Conner is healthy again. Um, honestly, I ran through their schedule as well. Again, bias, I'm sure. I had them come to 10 and 6. Um, not winning the division, but coming to 10 and 6. Um, some key losses for them. I, I, I do see them losing to Dallas, um, splitting with the Ravens, kind of pick which one you want. Um, I see them losing to Dallas in Dallas. And Indy scares me. Indy scares me in the AFC. 
I don't know I'm why. Biased. I'm biased with the Colts. I can't even. I hate Philip Rivers. I can't even talk about. Oh, no, it. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm anti Rivers for sure. They they, they <laughs> scare me though because without Rivers, they were they were kind of around. Fantastic coaching. That's what yeah. that's what it's been doing, and they have young talent too. Yeah. So, Dave, back to back to what you were saying with the with the Steelers record. Um, I'm all over the Steelers this year, to be honest with you. Big Ben's healthy. There's no reason why they're not going to win 10 or 11 games. Right. Their defense was arguably the best in football last year. They and had they went, they went eight and eight with nobody at quarterback. They went eight and eight they with really no quarterback. quarterback. So, that defense. Dude, the offense is just going to go right back to, to Juju. Claypool is going to take a lot of pressure off him. Um, I like the Steelers this year, man. They, they listen – don't I don't I don't hate the Ravens. I like Baltimore. Don't don't get me wrong. I just have a problem with Lamar Jackson. Baltimore's <laughs> good. If the Steelers are good and Ben's healthy, the Steelers can easily win that division. Yeah. And so be honest. Big Ben's pushing it towards the end of his career. So if not now, then when? Then when? You know? Truly. He need it. Major run. I mean, they got a really good team in place. Yeah. And don't get me started. I don't think I brought this point up to you yet. I probably talked about it before on the podcast, but taking a look at last season, man, the losses that we have weren't bad. They weren't bad losses. I've broken it down before. We lost to the Seahawks, the 49ers. Um, I believe it was the Chiefs game close. I'm trying to remember. They the were Chiefs. all playoff they, teams. All playoff teams, all very, very close. Took the Ravens to overtime, like all by a separation of under five points. So they were there. They were definitely there, and with them back, I'll put all my chips in that basket. I like the Steelers, man. It's it's just, it's Ben. It's ride or die on Ben, man. If Ben's not healthy, they're they're not going to be good. If Last Ben's healthy, do you have a loss to the Redskins? I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I threw I threw that on there. We're at home. We always lose a weak game every once in a while, especially later in the season when we need it. When you're yeah. pushing for the playoffs, and it's like the up. Browns. Where some random opponent comes in and, and we end up splitting with them. I haven't split with the Browns again this year. Um, yeah, I like the Browns, man. I like the Browns. They're 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 not anything to disregard. That's for sure. I'm not a fan of number six under center, honestly. Listen, listen. This is this is my whole thing, right? If you get a young a young quarterback, they they need an offensive line. If you yeah. can protect this kid, you, let's see how he really is. They built up this line for this kid, man. There's no reason why. This is a make or break year for Baker. Yeah, it is a break or make. Yep, it is. It's it's three. And he has the weapons. It has to be. This is the most he, important year for quarterbacks. Listen, especially there's a new new head coach there. I'm not saying the okay. Browns are bad. They can give up on Baker. But I'm saying if the Browns are bad, they could give up on Baker. Yeah. I mean, if they're – dude, if they got top five pick, they're going to try and trade up for Lawrence. I mean, there's yeah. no reason why this That's Browns team should be good. Brown fashion. Mm-hmm. They got a great line. Their defense is like okay, but like they got some pass rushers. They're going to score points, and if they don't, then there's a big problem there because their line's good. They got a good offense, and there's no such thing as easy schedule. But we keep bringing it up. They have the fourth easiest schedule in the league this year. Right. So if there's if there's a, a year for the Browns to actually make a serious leap and sneak in as a last wild card, it would be probably this year. Playing the, the expanded Play playoffs. Godsend. Any other highlights you want to talk about? One thing that I did last year with my fantasy team, just looking at the strength of schedule, I brought it up a ton on this podcast. When I drafted my fantasy team defense, I looked directly at strength of schedule. Um, and, and that's what I did last year when I picked the Patriots. They didn't have a star-studded defensive core that you saw with big names up front um, that usually come off the board early. But I picked the Patriots solely on their strength of schedule and just knowing that was a team that could compete. And they were actually one of my best players on my fantasy team putting up yeah, tons of turnover numbers yeah. early in the season. They, they, they scored 25 – who knows what scoring you have, but they put up 25 points a week, 
with their turnovers. I mean, they were scoring like my, you know, my star running backs. Yeah. Um, so something to look out for when you, the, the teams that we're talking about strength and schedule wise, the Browns are located there. The Redskins are located up there. Some, some poorer teams, but have decent defenses. Chase Young on the Redskins. Do you get a lot of sack points there? So something to, to keep your mind open for late rounds when fantasy drafts come up. Yeah. And you mentioned fantasy and I'm happy Joe wrote that blog the other day because Joe and I are actually in this dynasty league. So yes. when the drafts come around. Yeah, when the drafts come First around. Friday, we, dude. Drafts we, on Friday, so. We draft the rookies. So, again, Joe, thanks for supplying us with that article. I've been peeking yeah. at it, who you think is best, and seeing what positions that my team need, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, hey, I might have uh, I might have showed my hand a little bit there with you yeah. know, some players I like for the draft. but Thanks, for the, in- thanks for the intel. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean – it's going to be an interesting year in football. It really is. And I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what, what we actually get out of it. Awesome. Man. Well, Jeff, I, thanks for coming on. We'll see a ton of more content here for me soon, whether it's uh, yeah. you shotgunning or uh, shotgunning Smirnoff Ices or drafts. Stay tuned for those. We'll take them both. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for joining, Jeff. Hey, always here. Dave Lakov is a beast, man. That guy is an absolute animal. He knows animal. his stuff, too. does his homework. Absolute animal. It's perfect addition to the team. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to have that guy on, man. That's epic. So, Deez, before we cap out the podcast, there's a couple more things that I wanted to to talk to with you about and see, you know, your opinions. So obviously Sixers are back in the practice facility. Uh, that's great news. I'm sure there's other teams that we just haven't seen headlines about that are also doing the same thing, which is good. Um, hopefully in due time, they all ship out the whatever it was mandalay bay or whatever hotel mm-hmm. was on the strip and they dock. oh oh in vegas yeah yeah, yeah, vegas, yeah yeah and they they dock up and then they just start playing and that's what we need to happen so that's a good stride for the nba i think we're close i think we're close and i think ben simmons needs as much time as possible to work on a shot so get him in the facility asa possible um what's weird is that some teams aren't allowed back in their facilities yet which I don't know if that's right or wrong by the league to go state by state with this one, similar to, you know, coronavirus restrictions, the federal government's letting states reopen as they'd like. I don't know if the NBA should see themselves in the same light, letting teams reopen in the, in the same fashion. It kind of gives a disadvantage to some other squads. Now, oh, the, teams sure. that are re- the teams that are opening back up, they do have certain restrictions, not, you know, amount of people there in one time, team staff can't be in there with, you know, certain amount of team staff can't be in there with them. So it's not like it's an open practice, but at the same time, the Sixers are getting a slight advantage to, say, the Nets or I don't know how things are in Milwaukee, but they are getting an advantage to other teams that aren't open yet. I, I think the NBA maybe should have waited a little bit longer so other teams could could catch into the fold at the same time. Right. And it one in one play, it could be the NBA trying to catch a headline saying, you know, hey, Sixers practice facility is open mm-hmm. and and whatever, you know, just to get back on the radar, let them know that they're trying to right. finish the season. Say we're now. another step closer to opening. Yep. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't hate it, but uh, the Sixers need all the help they can get right now. Ben Simmons was very hurt. Now he's got time to heal and now he's practicing again. Hey, another league that is kind of on the forefront almost accidentally on this new era of sports with no fans and being able to play at neutral sites. And that's the PLL that we jumped on last year. Heavy went to the championship game, all picked our team and they almost predicted that it's almost like an Illuminati type scenario where they created a league that can live in this world of no spectators post global pandemic. 
Absolutely. So this was one that I, you know, I follow PLL pretty tight and I follow their headlines and I saw, you know, towards the end of when all the major leagues already disbanded, the PLL disbanded and they didn't disband. I'm sorry. They postponed. And I saw that and I, and I said, and I said, Hmm, like they were the last one to postpone because one, their summer league. So they probably assumed that they could probably hold out for a little longer. But here's the other thing, these, I saw a headline two days ago on link on PLL's LinkedIn. And it says lacrosse league first United States team sport to announce their return. Mm-hmm. Now it's got 180 likes say everyone on LinkedIn that liked it's got a hundred followers. It blasts to all their followers, you know, wherever other platform they post Steve's, This was a genius business move. It was a genius business move. They now have the headline in 2020 in history as the first U S team yeah. sport to return from the coronavirus, a young league yep. in their sophomore season. These guys are business geniuses, man. Yeah. And I think one of the, like what we talked about the PJ tour looking for that market share of TV viewership and fans dying for sports, no matter what it is on the team sports side, PLL coming back first. I think they're going to capture a ton of people just hungry to watch whatever they want to see yeah. 10 versus 11 versus 11 in whatever. And lacrosse is going to be it. And we watched, we, we were dedicated. We watched, we streamed and it was, it was definitely high quality TV. The presentation that NBC sports puts on is a high quality presentation for television in person. Yes. It was a little tough, right? We would, we would agree. It was a little tough in person, um, mm-hmm. great atmosphere, but the TV aspect of this is fantastic. And if they're going to be the first team sport back, I think they're going to capture a ton of people that haven't seen it already. And they're going to fall in love with it. Yeah. So Basically, when I sent you that first image, uh, my thoughts were I, I wondered if they never truly planned to cancel and they did it just to be the first to say lacrosse is the first U.S. sport team to, to, to come back. And uh, and then today, another one that comes out, hoping the pro leagues can use this model that the PLL is using. It was a quote from the, I believe, CEO or one of the you know major C-suite executives, Paul Rabel, said, I hope other pro leagues can use our model. So now they're getting another headline here because the PLL already has a different style where they travel like the PGA tour. So, you know, that was definitely a difficult aspect, obviously travel with all this going on, but dude, I mean, they're just making good business move after good business move, blue chip sponsors. I mean, it's, it's impeccable. Yeah. I'm excited for it to be back. And like you said, they're, they're doing it as these other sports are talking of rumors of how they're going to restart neutral sites, MLB only playing in three different locations. It's like PLL has been there, done that. That's their, that's their MO. That's what they were built off of T for TV production. Not many, you know, not many spectators for TV production, high quality TV production and other sports are going to jump on board with what they've done to restart their sport. It seems like. Yeah. Very excited about it. I can't wait to see the next headline. Because they just keep surprising me with what they're saying, honestly, because it's like it's ballsy in a sophomore season. It's almost like if you take a look at a company, um, take it to a business perspective. You know, we learn in school like slow movers, right? Giant companies such as Walmart and Target and big box retailers. They're slow movers. They're massive companies that really can't change and adapt on the fly. When you have these like little speedy startups, 
like Amazon, you know, 10, 15 years ago that are just, they can't keep up. These other companies can't compete. And it's kind of like the big four being a Walmart or Target or a big box store not having, say, two-day shipping or things like that. And PLL or Amazon slides in and they're able to, you know, have a ton of people jump on board because of ease of use and, and new ideas that this league's bringing to fruition. That that's a big box retailers can't even think yeah. about. They're yeah, too that's a, worried that's a about great managing the what mm-hmm. they've been used to for hundreds of years. Yeah, fantastic comparison. Couldn't agree more there. So we'll see what the PLL deal is uh, in the coming days here. So I mean, there looks like they're releasing a major headline every day or so. So today we had a good one. Two days ago we had another good one. So I'll keep our uh, eyes and ears open and make sure I keep relaying the info to you guys. So, Deves, we haven't been able to do the beer review or the shit you don't say in quite some time. However, shit you don't say, I'm sure Dickie Duke probably could take the last three, four episodes that we missed it. But anyway, <laughs> I have I have another good closer here that uh, our friends over at Barstool Sports posted, and it's an answer the internet. So I want to hear what you have to say, and it to it's me. a it's a choose one. Okay. Would you rather Would you rather drink and never be hungover? Drink and never gain weight. Drink and always close the deal with a chick. Or never drink and your team wins a championship. Okay. So I saw this one and I thought about it. And going down the list, drink and never get hungover. I don't really get hungover. Even though you know I, I do, but... The way I beat a hangover is bounce back immediately. I, I'm one of those guys that doesn't stay in bed all day. If I drink, I probably even wake up earlier because if I stay in bed, my headache just keeps coming. So I'm a guy, get up, get a shower, get a coffee, get some food in you. Hangovers, not my nightmare. The okay. next one was clothes. Yep. Are you a closer? Clothes. Yeah. I know how to, yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, Brad Lidge. Call me Brad Lidge. <laughs> okay. Call, call me Brad Lidge. Next, move on. Um, What's never gain weight, one? never gain weight, or okay, never drink let me go and to win a championship. Never drink and win a championship. I think I've been pretty lucky with this. If I was like LeCava, who the Chiefs have never won a Super Bowl, he said my crazy ass would say dr- never drink again and win a championship. But I've been pretty fortunate. I've seen two Steelers Super Bowls. They've been to another. I saw the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. I saw the Phillies win a World Series and also go to another one. I saw the Eagles, who my, you know, my other football team win a Super Bowl. So I've seen, I've seen championships. I do like mm-hmm. a good beer, and I, I, I'll take the bet that I'll see another championship again. So that leaves me with drink and never gain weight because that is very hard. Wow. That very hard to come back from. Very hard to come back from. And wow. I, I would rather drink. I'd rather drink what I'd like. You know. Like I, I, we take off the IPAs. I haven't had a Coors Light that much in a while. I'm drinking the seltzers. You know, I'm trying to stay. Fit. I'm here in Florida. It's like 24/7 beach weather, 365. You gotta, you gotta have. You know, you can't have the That's beer true. gut. So been doing seltzers, been doing vodka sodas, drinking, never gain weight. Give me that for for 500, Alex. Wow. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, for me, it's it's. Uh, Drink and never gain weight is the last on my list. Uh, drink and never be hungover. Uh, drink and always close. So I don't need that one. Never drink it. Uh, my number one is drink and never be hungover. Absolutely, absolutely, dude. Drink and never really? be hungover. I get it nasty headaches. Oh god, I'm crippling hangovers, man. You gotta bounce back. That's that's the key. Is just getting out of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll see. It doesn't help when you wake up and then you, you drink a couple, you know, little hug barrels and you get a couple uh, Don't let you know, sugar cheese sticks. Yeah, it's what you know what it, you know what it probably is, dude. It's what you drink. It's what you drink. Yeah, right. You're yeah. drinking Bud Light yeah. oranges. You're drinking mm-hmm. Mike's Apple Teenies. Apple Teenies. Yep. It's all that sugar. Yep. It's not the it's not the booze. That's your yep. problem. Apple Teenies, umbrella, hold the alcohol, all mixed, please. <laughs> all mixed please perfect example uh cinco de mayo is this week jim and i popped a couple margaritas delicious actually not only is our cooking improving in, in in quarantine but also our bartending skills fantastic margaritas with this great mix that we bought good tequila salt on the rim obviously extra salt please did a couple of those and a couple of corona lights ironic the next morning 6 30 a.m i'm up i'm running by 6 45 into the sunrise Dunkin' Donuts, coffee, yeah. 8.30, back home, shower, at my desk at 9. That's the day after drinking a couple of Margs and a Corona. You got to do it that way. Get back yeah. on the horse. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Although I feel like I'm a, I'm a rare case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of mass there. True. I got a, a lot of mass. We're recording this midday. It's my third cup of coffee. It's my third <laughs> cup of coffee. It's not even noon. Yeah, uh, that's potentially a problem. (laughs) No.